0: Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar and Said Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak to industry experts about the changing landscape of marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. Hello, I'm Aslam Shanturk, working as a senior partner at Kantar. I'm also a member of the Global Sustainable Transformation Leadership Team. Delighted to be here with Dean Aragon today, the global owner of the Shell brand. Dean, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We're going to talk today about Shell's purpose journey, but before we do that, could you tell us a bit about your role at
1: Shell? Yes. So I am the global vice president for the Shell brand. That's my corporate hat, but I'm equally running a business called Shell Brands International, of which I'm the CEO. That's why I'm based here in Switzerland.
0: Really happy that we take a moment today to reflect on the Shell's purpose journey. And and the journey started in 2015, six years ago. We also witnessed Eskantar and had the honor to contribute to the parts of this journey. And since the launch, I've seen serious initiatives and commitments from the Shell leadership team, Ben von Burden himself really owning the agenda in real sense. And I would like to ask more questions about that. But first, could you give us a bit of a context on how the Shell purpose journey started?
1: Yes. Well, it's, it's funny. It's now been yeah almost seven years since we started the work. I have to say that that is one of the first items in the jobs to be done uh, when I was recruited for the role when i crossed the river thames in london from the blackfriars head office of unilever to join shell first at the shell center in the south bank of the river thames I mean, you know crossing that blackfriars bridge i i knew what i had to do well first they were very clear and explicit about it during the interview process but also that's what i wanted to do i wanted to be really part of something very fundamental which is you know, answering the question, why does Shell exist? Not just why the brand exists, but why does the whole organization, the whole corporation, the whole business, why does it exist? And I think that's something that is always a great marketing challenge if or an adventure. And I wanted to also, I suppose, test myself in terms of, you know, having worked on many FMCG brands, could I transfer some of those principles? Could I repurpose, forgive the pun, some of those best practices into a company that has a very iconic brand, but for the most part is largely a B2B business, right? It's got a retail business. It's got some B2C businesses, but for the most part, the shell business across the enterprise is largely a B2B business, or in some cases, a B2B2C continuum.
0: What challenges did you experience on the journey to get to Shell Purpose? Can you share some learnings, to our audience, on how to identify your North Star and, and plan that journey?
1: I think the first challenge, really, and the first hurdle is that I didn't really know anything about the whole business of Shell. You know, I'm coming from the world of deodorants, uh, skincare, and shampoos. So I was quite naive about the entire oil and gas sector or the entire energy sector. But perhaps that was also advantageous in a way. There is a confusion saying that you must first empty your cup so that fresh tea could be poured into it or something to that effect. And I guess I always, I came from the beginning with, with a very empty cup. You know? So I, I didn't have much to unlearn, but I had a lot to learn. And therefore, that was the, the first challenge. Can I understand it enough? For me to be of any use of any value to the role, uh, I need to understand enough. Not too much that I also become, shall we say, overly immersed in the existing challenges that I failed to see from another angle. But of course, I knew a lot about brands. And so that interesting dynamic of knowing a lot about how brands could work when done properly, but applied to a sector that I didn't know, I think that was a big challenge. And of course, later on, the bigger challenges were, I mean, what am I fixing? (laughs) Am I fixing anything? And then the general conclusion was, It's not so much a problem that needs to be solved, but it's about taking into stock what has the journey of Shell been like over the last 100 years and how might that be pivoted to be future proof to really face the existing challenges of the 21st century and in particular, the challenge of of climate change.
0: And did you experience any organizational challenges as well, or did you take into consideration stakeholder management, any kind of initiatives as such on the journey?
1: Yeah, I think the first challenge was there was also an existing stream of work on cracking the corporate purpose, right? So I was working on the brand purpose, but again, thankfully, the culture in Shell is that of collaboration. And therefore, the most crucial partnership there was between brand and corporate strategy or group strategy, because we quickly recognized ourselves that we were after the same thing. The brand purpose cannot not represent the company. (laughs) And the corporate purpose cannot deny the existence of this iconic ubiquitous brand that is a symbol of the company. And therefore, we basically just agree that it's really about the corporate brand purpose or the purpose of show. And I think that was a breakthrough. Because ultimately, if you really think about it, and I can go into detail about this later, a purpose is meaningless. A corporate purpose, a brand purpose is meaningless if it does not shape strategy.
0: This is music to my ears that you say, purpose needs to live in the strategy of the company to drive action. So how did you go about embedding the purpose in the organization in the broader sense?
1: So the purpose was launched, uh, it took us about 18 to 20 months to really agree on you know, not only what is the articulation of the purpose, but what did it really mean in terms of what we will therefore shape as a strategy. And when you talk about strategy, it's always about choices that you make, but also choices that you do not make. You know, it's often said that strategy is the art of sacrifice. If you're not sacrificing anything you don't have a strategy. <laughs> what you have is a catalog of activities. So that needed time because it's not meant to be easy, right? It's meant to be difficult. If it were easy, then perhaps, you know, you haven't thought it through. And so that took 19 months to really understand what the purpose really entails. If we are to fulfill it, you know, if we are to keep on vectoring towards it, you talked about the purpose as a North Star. I agree with that depiction. And, and as a star... You never quite reach it, but as a star, it does illuminate the pathways. And what you have to really examine is, are you vectoring towards that star? You know, are you treading along the path illuminated by that star? Because it's supposed to really shine the light on what you have to do, but also what you have to no longer do. And that's a liberating sense of focus. In fact, that's a beautiful constraint so that you can focus on the things that are in the fulfillment of the purpose. And therefore, in the ensuing two to three years, I have to say that it required as well for us to really embed that purpose across the different businesses of Shell, across the different performance units. And so we created a program called Purpose to Customer Value Proposition, or P to CVP. And that's where I and the team, again, partnering with strategy and a lot of other units within Shell, went from business to business, from country to country, to really make them... A, understand what it is. You know, like, I get it. Connect with it emotionally, and viscerally, such that it's personal. You know, I love it. But the most important of all is how do you then really make it happen? I live it. But you have to go through that, again, through that journey. You know, I get it. I love it or I connect with it. And then I live it. I live it through the business to which I belong, for which I'm delivering a performance. But also I live it in terms of how does it intersect with my own sense of personal purpose? Because I I would argue that for us to feel fulfilled in any career, you need to intersect your personal purpose with that of the organization that you belong to. If you don't have that intersection, chances are you will not be fulfilled.
0: So how would you articulate the purpose of Shell?
1: The purpose of Shell, whether you look at it as a brand purpose, as a corporate purpose, is to power progress together by providing more and cleaner energy solutions. And so it's a full sentence and the subject is the enablement of progress. Now there's a sense of togetherness because that is a recognition that, you know, we cannot do this alone. We have to work hand in hand with a lot of stakeholders, a lot of sectors, government, society, the general public, uh, academia, our industry partners. Now that's predicated upon, the enablement of that progress is predicated upon our ability, our commitment, our delivery of more and cleaner energy solutions. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. economy is going. We can keep industrial activities going, but we cannot just provide any energy. It needs to be cleaner if we are to avert the consequences of climate change.
0: So how did this purpose shape the Shell strategy?
1: In February of this year, uh, we unveiled uh, the latest articulation of our group strategy. And I'm happy to say that we finally have a a truly purpose-led strategy, fully shaped by the purpose of Shell, which is we power progress together by providing more and cleaner energy solutions. So much so that the title of our strategy is, in fact, borrowing from the purpose. It's called Powering Progress. And it is about the acceleration of our journey towards becoming a net zero emissions energy business by 2050 or sooner. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we are respecting nature. Powering lives, which includes uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And of course, we are a business, and so we have to make sure that we're delivering this transformation, this acceleration towards a net zero emissions energy business and still generate shareholder value. In each of these goals of the Powering Progress Strategy, we are directly touching upon 13 of the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about the specifics of uh, your purpose-led strategy?
1: Yeah, so we want to be a net zero emissions energy business by 2050 or sooner in step with society, because tackling climate change is an urgent challenge, right? Now, we've set our target, and this supports the more ambitious goal to tackle the UN-Paris agreement, which is to limit the rise of the global average temperature to 1.5 degrees Celsius. But becoming a net zero emissions energy requires a, a wide scale understanding of where the emissions happen. And that's why it means that we're reducing emissions from our operations, but also from the fuels and other energy products we sell to our customers. It also means capturing and storing any remaining emissions using technology like carbon capture and sequestration or balancing them with offsets such as nature based solutions, you know, by planting more trees or preventing the deforestation uh, of trees. It also means transforming our portfolio, finding new opportunities, providing more low-carbon energy alternatives, such as biofuels, hydrogen, electric vehicle charging, or electricity generated by solar and wind power. But I think one other fundamental aspect of our net zero emissions strategy is to make sure that we recognize the differences in sectors. You know, the challenge in aviation is different to the challenge in shipping. It's different to commercial road transport. And by tackling it sector by sector, we're able to have more specificity on what the sector needs. And we're able to partner with our customers and partners in each of those sectors.
0: Can you also make the link for us to the UN Sustainability Development Goals?
1: Yes. Our Powering Progress Strategy, you know, which is about... Becoming a net zero emissions energy business by 2050 or sooner in step with society, whilst generating shareholder value as a business, but also making sure that we are respecting nature and powering lives, directly impacts on 13 of the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals. For instance, our net zero emissions uh, ambition and, and targets will impact SDG 7, which is about affordable and cleaner energy. SDG 9, which is about industry, innovation and infrastructure, and SDG 13, which is about climate action.
0: And how do you then measure the impact of the actions that you've taken and how do you communicate them?
1: Well, we have very clear ambitions and in some cases specific targets. For instance, on UN SDG 7, affordable and clean energy, we have an ambition to provide reliable electricity supply to 100 million people primarily in Africa and Asia uh, by 2030, investing in commercial businesses to progress this. We're collaborating with partners to implement self-sustaining access to energy projects uh, that will help unlock local markets uh, for energy products and services. And then we, we have set a target to become a net zero emissions energy business by 2050 or sooner with specific milestones, not just for 2050, but at junctures in the journey towards 2050. We are growing our renewables and energy solutions business, previously called the new energies business, with, with investments in lower carbon technologies that include hydrogen, electric vehicle charging, solar, and wind power And as I said earlier, we're working to improve the energy efficiency of our facilities and offering customer products so that we can also help our customers achieve their own net zero emissions ambitions and targets.
0: So how do you measure success internally how do we set kpis and and track them internally so that the shell employees are all steered towards the same direction
1: we have set the target to achieve net zero emissions by 2050 or sooner in step with society and this includes short-term targets you know two to three percent by 2021 three to four percent by 2022 it also includes medium and long-term targets, uh, 20% by 2030, uh, 45% by 2035, right? And obviously 100% by 2050, if not sooner. But we've linked the pay of more than 16,500 members of staff to our targets to reduce the carbon intensity of energy products by 6 to 8% by 2023, compared to the carbon intensity in 2016, So that is not just an executive incentive, that is an incentive to a much wider set of our staff.
0: And let's talk a little bit about people. Obviously, the most important element of change and a good switch from the KPIs discussion. Obviously, integration of purpose into strategy is fundamental to to making the change happen. But purpose-led growth by its nature requires also a big mind shift and perhaps new set of skills as well. So what have you done to make that shift towards a purpose-led mindset and behaviors?
1: A big component of embedding the purpose across the company is to make it personal, right? And that's why I referenced earlier the purpose to cvp program, or the P2CVP program. It had, in fact, a, an offshoot program which was called Heads and Hearts. Unless we are able to engage each other in terms of what this purpose means for us and how it intersects with our own sense of personal purpose, it's never going to be really personal. And if it's not personal, I think there's a limit to how much we will pursue it, to how much we will really invest ourselves in making it happen. I believe that uh, not just because I'm a marketer, because it's true in my own personal lives. I don't know about you, but I don't know many people who are very good at something they're not passionate about. And therefore, it's, it's really critical that this whole journey, again, and sorry to repeat myself, but I get it. I have to love it. I have to connect with it so that I am motivated, energized, committed to live it. So this Head to Hearts program, again, moving from business to business, engaging first with the leaders, but also the people that they lead who are really responsible for delivering things on a daily basis, they needed to make it personal.
0: Dean, before we close, do you have any top tips for, for the organizations, for the people who go through similar transformation journeys?
1: Yes. I think the first thing is that the purpose has to be about how you succeed as a business. It has to be both about how you make money and spend money. Because if it's not about how you will succeed as a business, then you will treat it as a side project, a CSR. And that's good as well because CSR projects do a lot of good, but they're not really that repeatable. But if the pursuit of the purpose leads to the pursuit of the company's success or or the success of the company is enabled because of the purpose of the company, then it becomes a repeatable model because you will want to keep on doing it. In fact, you will invest more in it. You will make your purpose become the foundation of your business success. So make it about how you make money, and not just about the projects that you might want to do on the side. I think the second one is that you need to make it a very broad reality for people. You need to be able to, if you like, refract this light of the purpose so that the whole spectrum of colors or the, all, the entire diversity of the different units within your business can see their own light into this purpose. Because otherwise, it will be something that many people can't disagree with, you know, this sort of statement, but they don't quite understand, well, what is my specific part? What is my specific role so that I can contribute to the fulfillment of the purpose? So refract the light of the purpose. And that's why we have this whole embedding program. And I think the third and final one is that don't make it just a logical pursuit. Make it a visceral and emotional pursuit. because. We as human beings need to both conclude something, but also we need to decide something. We both need to be convinced intellectually, but we also need to be convicted emotionally. And I think when you have this intact, then people will live it because not only do they get it, but they absolutely love it.
0: You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar and Said Business School. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you never miss an episode.